welcome to episode 247 of Caithness Craft Collective. I'm Louise and today I've got not too much, so it'll not take too long. I've got a hello section, what's a crack, and a me 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 section. I still can't seem to pronounce it and this is my third time. <laughs> so you get your cup of tea or your ice lolly or your dram. I'll let you know what a crack's been in Caithness this past month. Uh, let's see, will we have a bit of relax? I've got something called coconut, but I think it's a bit mad. It sounds like uh, the Venga Boys on speed. So, <laughs> hello section. A lovely hello to the lovely Susan Dolph. Uh, hello to the lovely Aunt Betty Nitz. Hello to Claire You on Instagram. Hello and congratulations double eight to Sia of Tipsy Knits for her graduation today and also for getting married a couple of weeks ago. And also because we're on Tipsy Knits we might as well go Pip as well. Hello lovely Pip. And hello to the lovely Suzanne Coppin. I hope everybody is well and hello to you, me and everyone in between. Actually that's not what she says is it? Amy, Amy LeMay says this at Radio 6 on 7 o'clock on Saturday morning. Oh, it's hello to boys and girls and everybody in between. Bit more coconut, I think. Yeah, that's not irritating at all, is it? Um, a huge congratulations to everybody graduating, whether it is a trial graduation like my niece is having tomorrow my mum's gone away down to Glasgow to see her and if you've been graduating just congratulations all round um yeah so what's a crack it's been a little while I was trying to do quite a bit of crafting to speak to you about and maybe I've finally gotten there a little while ago in the summer holidays my lovely friend Barbara Robson friend of the show sent me a message saying that she was up visiting her lovely friend and would I like to meet up and of course I said yes. So we met in the Harbour Cafe in Wick and had a really lovely lunch. <laughs> Barbara paid for it and we all went, no! And then I was like, you've got to say yes, thankfully, gracefully. And I was, yeah. Anyway, so it was really, really nice. Um, see, my grandma wouldn't take anything when you were trying to give her stuff, um, like make her take her out for dinner and stuff and it used to frustrate my mum quite greatly because um it just did so i've over the years i've always thought that accept it gracefully you can have this argument but you've just got to accept it gracefully so i accepted it gracefully and then i bought her coffee and cake so um it wasn't quite the same but you know it's just anyway i spent a lovely lovely couple of hours chatting away with barbara and her lovely friend and we talked about whack and um, her life in Edinburgh and also her future plans coming up so she's actually going to be going to the Barcelona knitting show I think it's October or November time so if you see her there and she's going to the Vera Valamaki and oh I can't remember the lady other new designer's name they're a pair they come as a pair anyway she's going to their workshop and yeah how awesome is that so I couldn't have anybody else that would deserve this more. So I'm really excited for Barbara to go to along to that. So Barbara, until we meet again, haste you back. And it was just so nice to see you. She actually did encourage me and um, motivate me in a way, which I will come on to later. 
Um, the honey, the honeysuckle. No, the honeysuckle's almost finished, but it's still going. And I have a law. Every time I go past honeysuckle, I smell it. It's just I could be doing park run, stop and smell it because it only smells for about a month, a year or so. And I love the smell of honeysuckle. So what I've actually got ran down is geese. The geese are back already. They seem to be a bit early this year. The house martins are still here. There is a last brood being um, brooded of chicks. And I think the swallows are still here, but they're not far off heading south. But the geese seem to be coming past en masse. I'm not too sure exactly why. The, maybe they've had a good year up in Greenland um, and now they're migrating south. But it seems a little bit early for them this year. So, and it, to me, it's things like this, which when you notice them year in, year out, because it's always Daisy's birthday in mid-September that I notice that the geese are coming or going. The, um, the house martins are going and if they deviate off that you think is this because of climate anyway so it's been nice to see the geese um, and I'm getting a bit bored with the house martin poo on my window ledge and the windows but it is nice that we've got so many new little birdies on the go I hope that you've all got your bird merlin app all downloaded and have been using it um right <laughs> we were driving home from picking up sandy from work the other night and the sky was still quite light because it's starting to get a bit darker these nights and the richard had had a wee drink he'd had a wee monkey shoulder of a dram recommend that one and uh, i was nominated driver because i was driving and he says oh look at that cloud that cloud looks like and then they had this big discussion about what clouds look like because that's what you do when the clouds look like stuff, don't you? Oh, maybe it's just me, but I'm sure that you do because you're all my kinder spirits. Oh, I watched Anne with an E, but I got stuck after the second series. I quite like bits of it and then other bits, not so much, but um, easy watching you know, on Netflix. So there was something watching there and I said, do you know what would be good? Cloudal. And he went, what? And it's cloudal, like an app that you um, you get this picture of a cloud and you have to all decide what it is. I don't think it would work properly, but it was funny at the time. And the other thing I like is cows. You get quite a lot of cows that have got different patterns on them. And you could have this for dogs or even cats. And say they're an old black cow, but they've got a white splodge somewhere on them. Normally on their forehead. And it could be like a map of the world um, or a country of the world silhouetted and it could be killed cowdle because <laughs> there's a few cows down at Huna one of them always stands in exactly the same place I don't know whether it's like real this cow I haven't seen it move for a while and um, it's got quite a while distinctive white splodge in its forehead and I think what country that is anyway that's just nonsense <laughs> Cloudle and Cowdle. So if you're an app writer, have them ideas and tell me. Coming up on the 25th of August, which is actually Thursday or Friday. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't even know what the date is. I just know it's Monday today. 
there is Meet the Makers at Drum down Lochness, Drum na and I know that Ailey of the Thoughtful Knitter was at it last time on the 1st of July and she says it was a lovely event and I really wish I'd gone now because I can't go because I'm back to school and working again. So if you do go, enjoy yourself and um, you get some quite good Highland makers um, from the list. There's Ripple's Craft, there's Black Isle uh, Yarns and just she said that they were really good quality um, vendors so enjoy that next month is Perth Yarn Fest on the 10th and 11th of September in the hall near the train station and I'm very jealous and wish I was going and when I said to Barbara that I wasn't going to manage it because Richard's got his operation in Aberdeen on Monday morning at 6.45am that he has to be in the hospital um she said, well, if you can go, how's it about you take out your stuff that you bought at the last one and start something? So I thought, that's a really good idea. So then I'm thinking, have I got anything left? But yes, of course, listeners, of course I have still stuff left from Birth Festival of Yarn from a few years ago now. I've got some of Rusty Ferret's four-ply doll and it's a... Uh, turquoise colour and I had always had it planned to make another blazing space by Vera Valamaki so I might do that on the 10th and 11th of September but you see that could be quite a good thing that if you really wish that you were going to an event and you see the makers that you've got yarn from previously or you've been to that event previously you could do that that would be a thing couldn't it just to make you feel like you're actually involved a little bit and certainly they have a Perth Festival of Yarn colourway on the go and things that you can buy from all the makers that are vending there. So, um, yeah, just a little bit jealous, but you know, such is life. So, and also it means that I can make space in my stash. So next time I actually do get to go, I'll have space. I like that thought. Well done, Louise. Mm-hmm. Uh, another thing I was looking at, because I had a wee look in my promotions thread on my gmail and some emails had been going in there which i was most disgruntled at because i hadn't seen them and um, it looked like i had been ignoring them which i was a bit sorry for but um and i saw that the maddie harvey um newsletter had gone in there and i had missed out on her lovely headband that she has she has a kit for this and it looks really nice um you get some four ply yarn and then you get a little bit of the kid silk mohair that goes with it and then some little mini skeins and it's just a really quite nice it's quite a deep headband but i like a headband when i'm walking the dog in august not august in autumn and springtime because um, you're not quite at the hat wearing stage but you're still want to keep your ears warm so I like headbands and then also in my promotions thread uh, was the gamers crafts Halloween colours so if you love Halloween and you want something you better cast it on now if you want something kind of decent um, or you want something coming to you about then uh, Gamer Crafts has some pretty cool Halloween colours the 
Next issue of Murit will be coming out very soon and uh, it's space themed this time and there are some really fantastic garments and items designed for that. I must actually put in order. <laughs> Oops. So that is what's crack. Let's go for some relaxing interlude I think. so nice. I felt like I was speeding up. I was trying to do this or using my phone but using the soundtrack, soundcloud, soundtrack, soundtrack, um, editing app but I could only record nine seconds for the podcast and I don't have the time just now to do more. So I'm using my usual one and just to speak to you basically. Um, so I don't know why that's relevant. Just wish you had forwarded in five seconds, your listeners. Hmm. Anyway, in the knitting news, I do have some. Um, I finished sock one of my vanilla sock by Anne Bod, and I'm using the winter icicle colour of Waste Yorkshire Spinners because I had been saying last episode that I was trying to knit every day, and I really did. I've seen it every day for quite a bit. This week I've kind of, I missed two days and I was a bit edgy feeling. And even Richard says, I like you when you're knitting, you're very at peace. And I thought, why am I not other times like? But obviously not. So if it makes you at peace, then I think that's a good thing, listeners. Everybody should be at peace. Especially Putin. He would do with being at peace for a while. We should make him knit. Um. Right, anyway, so I finished one sock and I thought, right, I don't actually want to cast on another sock. And I really wanted to cast on a Breathing Space by Vera Valamaki because of being talking to Barbara Robson about it. Oh, and when I was just sitting there, I was wearing a top that I had knitted a few years ago. And this was by Espastrico. Yeah, and it was a strippy top. I can't remember the name of the pattern, but um, it was knitted in linen. And this linen was linen that I found on, or didn't find, but at my retreat we had a table of unrequirement. And I thought, oh, there's some linen. And so I put it together and it was yellow, purple and cream. And there wasn't enough of one to make a jumper. And this is how I did a strippy jumper. And you know, this year I've worn it quite a lot. I wore it a fair bit the first year. I wore it a little bit the second year. But this year I've worn it an awful lot. Because you can wear it with a pair of jeans. And you can wear it with a skirt or a pair of dress trousers. So it's one of these wonderful cross the need sort of items. So you can dress it up or dress it down. So... Um, I'm sitting here and she says, well, like this. And I was trying to remember the name of the pattern and we looked it up and it was lovely. And she says, oh, yeah, I think I put that on the table of one requirement. And she said, told me where the yarn was from. And I'm like, oh, I did not know that this was from you. Or even if I had, I had totally forgotten. So I had not even thought about, um, oh, I'll put this on because it was from Barbara. Put a well the next time I'm wearing, I'm meeting her, I'll be like, look, look what I'm wearing. This was for you, Sydney, Barbara. So that was quite special. And um, 
What was my point? Oh, so she's going to see Vera Valamaki and the, the designer that did Colour Affection. It might come to me. You're all shouting at me. Probably not. It's not going to come to me. And um, I thought that I really, really wanted to cast this on because I've got some Ripples Craft yarn that I bought last October when I went to her um, shop at Clachtall when we went with the caravan to Ackledebuie Place. And it's so soft. Soft merino. I have a feeling it will pill, but <clears throat> I'll put up with it, listeners. Um, so it was quite really wanting. It was had the song of the siren of the yarn and it was calling to me and I thought, well, People say that I suit this jumper and I do wear it quite a bit and I would quite like to wear and have another couple of them. The yarn that I bought with the rusty ferret that I mentioned a bit earlier in this episode um, goes with a light grey that lovely twins that Aileen and Lisa bought me from Mold Knits that was actually going to make the first breathing space but when I was making it, I actually took out the light grey and used a tits out collection colour that I bought when I was in Dublin just because it was just a little bit more zingy and just, it was a, it just, it was just lovely at the time. And so I've still got two light grey skeins of mode knits and I have bought some rusty ferret yarn to go with it. So in my head, I was going to cast that on when um, the 10th and 11th of September came up. But before then, I thought, oh, I'm sure I can fit in another one. I cast on the Ripples Craft yarns. So I, I also, there's a story with this one as well. Um, but I was also, I had managed to print out some of my pattern collection that I've got on my Google Drive and also my Ravelry library. Now, I can go on to the Ravelry, but I get an awful sore head, so I don't do it very often. And I occasionally check to see if I've had any messages, so if you're waiting for a wee message from me in there, bear with me, I will get back to you. If it's urgent, send it to me on Instagram, because, or email me. <laughs> no, Instagram's probably best, because I check that more than the promotions thread of my Gmail, apparently. Anyway, so I did decide I'm going to cast this on. And um, so I did, and I was like, right, I've got a three millimeter, and I've got a three and a half millimeter. Ooh, the three and a half millimeter sitting on my Severine cardigan, which I've not touched in quite a while. And then I looked at my um, other patterns that I can see, um, and most of them are in one. Ask for a three and a half millimeter needle. <laughs> So either this is, and some of them are not just jumpers. This is, must be that I am knitting with a lot of four-ply just now. Or um, just, I like the drape of four-ply. And plus, um, to keep the wind out, it's good to have four-ply. So, um, I committed myself. I was like, right, I found another three and a half millimetre needle. Uh, it's not the nicest of circulars, but it's it's okay. It's got a nice sharp point to it. It's a bit yieldy fashioned. I'm not sure. I think it might be like a pony one. 
Ooh, I know you're all shuddering. But it's a fixed circular. Um, I cast on using my Knit Pro ones. I can see them, but I can't see the name of them. And um, I was using DPNs to start with, and then I went on to the fixed circular. And I, this is an asymmetrical stripe jumper, for those of you who have never heard of a breathing space by Vera Valamaki before. Um, I have made it before, but I do find, and I've discussed this with a few people, that the neckline is too wide. Um, and I often wear a vest underneath it because it's just, I feel a bit exposed. This certainly at work, so I often wear a vest underneath it. Um, so I thought, right, I'm not going to have that this, this time. I, I know this one. I'm going to do something better this time. I know. Somebody suggested if you do a cast on provisional. And I think it was Cece. I think it was you, Cece, that said, just suggested that. And I'm like, well, that's a good idea. So I thought, well, I'll, I'll do a wee test. So cast on the provisional. And... I was looking up how to do provisional because it's been quite a while since I've cast on using that method. But I remembered when I had been to a Willy Wormhead um, workshop at the Loch Ness Yarn Fest a few years ago now. And she showed us this really, really simple way of doing a provisional cast on. Um, you have to scroll way back. It's about 2018 on her Instagram or you could look on her website and I think it's called a Turkish cast on. It's it's not doesn't come up as provisional cast on, it's it's not Tunisian. It's either Tunisian or Turkish. Um and you basically get your two needles together and you wrap it round and round and round both of them. And then you pull the bottom needle out, you hold your working yarn under this cause is enough of a loop so that you can put the first one in and then you just knit. And it is so simple. And then you will have the top needle that will sit with the the open stitches. And say again, you could um, put ends on a circular, if it was like a knit pro or an interchangeable. Or you could just have two um, dangly points if you wanted for a circular. It just saves you having to pick up um, the backwards or... Um, uh, waste yarn because sometimes when I'm picking up off waste yarn I manage to twist my stitches and I never really notice until I, I can't figure out what I'm doing until afterwards and I go oh, I've done it wrong again <laughs> but I really really like this way of doing it so I was like oh this is good so I did a cast on provisional and then I thought well if I then cast on Knit down a few rows. I think I cast on like 30 stitches to try to test this out using the Rittlescraft yarns. And then I can go back on and knit up the way and decrease. But it's one by one rib. So I tried it and it didn't look very good. So then I thought, how's about you just cast on, say, 24 stitches less. So I tried that. Didn't work. It was too tight. Couldn't get over my head. And in the end, I just went with what the pattern said. But then I was like, well, I've got folder for the podcast. I've got stuff to tell you. Sometimes you just got to go with what the pattern says. And I do know that there is a way of cinching up a neckline if you run a stitch, a line of crochet 
underneath the rib. I've never done this before. I would have to look it up on YouTube. But I have heard a few people talk about this on podcasts over the years or speaking to people. And I'm quite tempted still to do this with my dark grey first um, breathing space jumper. So, Because I'll have two now. I'll have one and two. So the yarn is absolutely gorgeous to work with. It's four ply tralagel in and it's a black currant colour and it is a non-muled organic merino. So they treat the sheep a bit better. They didn't rip out its back end, poor things. Um, I get trying to keep your sheep clean because it's it actually isn't very good for them if they get dirt in their back end and sometimes it can become festered and stuff but there's better ways of doing it than just rubbing it off so um animal management is where it's at it does obviously cost a bit more because there's more involved in treating the animal but if you've got the money i think it's certainly worth it and it will make my conscience feel better that that sheep had a better life so um, I'm using a black currant as the main colour and a blush pink called First Rose of Summer as the contrasting stripe. Now I bought two skeins of the black currant, one of the First Rose of Summer and I have another one in a variegated and it's like an oil and water colour. It's the same base and there's purples a little bit of green pink and red it's absolutely glorious and i couldn't put it, i didn't want to put it down but i'm not 100 sure i'll have enough of the black current if i just want a two color jumper because i know from previous that i only had one of the text out color for the contrast and i had some of that left over so i only need one skein or three quarters of a skein to make the full contrasting with the body and the sleeves but from my bad memory I have a feeling that I used two and a bit skeins of the dark grey for the main colour so I could always order some more I suppose if it comes to that but if not I can contrast it with the extra skein I got at the time these are one of the reasons that if you go to somewhere yarn shopping have a list stick to your plan I never stick to my plan when I go yarn shopping yarn people love me <laughs> however uh, I am now four rows off for splitting for the sleeves and because you do two rows of each colour it seems to go a bit faster because you're like oh just well I can't put it down half through a row and well I'm here now I might as well just and it's much easier to actually know that you're on an increased row or a decreased row because there is only two rows in the pattern up at this point. I've a feeling that I went a little bit wrong on the raglan increase. Um, just to put it in the wrong place because I didn't shift my stitch marker. I didn't think it would make a difference, but it did. And um, so I looked at my original one and I've gone wrong in the raglan increase in it too. And I've only just noticed, so, eh. <laughs> I'm not bothered. You can notice it and go, oh, I see what you mean, I see what, I see what you did. I won't be bothered. Well, I might be. How's it about you can see it, 
and we don't say anything. We just know. Yeah, that would work. So I'm enjoying it. I do still have my Severine project bag sitting downstairs and it talks to me quite a lot and I have guilt about it quite a lot. The sock is back upstairs. I don't have any guilt about that because it's too hot for socks yet properly. Oh, and I think I actually cast off a little bit too soon. Um, because I was impatient to start the other thing, that's perfectly honest, as usual. But I've convinced myself, because I've not washed it, I've just tried it on, that once I wash it, it will stretch. Yeah, there we go. <clears throat> I'll have plenty of it really bad and it's uncomfortable in my shoe. I have enough. I can take it back past it and redo this toe completely. Don't worry about it. Yeah, listeners, look. Uh, House Martins. Squeak, squeak. <clears throat> sewing. So I'm sitting at my sewing machine just now. And I yesterday actually came upstairs and I did a bit of tidying up. I did a bit of mending of things that didn't need an awful lot to them. But I had to change the thread. And I changed the thread and just did the mending and it's cleared my table up lovely. Um, I do have some darning of some gloves to do, but that's not using the sewing machine. Um, and I do have an old shower cap that needs a thread, well, like a run round of elastic. I'm sure it's not very hard, but I haven't been enthused enough to do it. I have the elastic set and I can see the elastic and I can see the shower cap. Um, so maybe that's next time I'm doing it. Did some more lavender pouches because been drying the herbs in the polytunnel. Been doing a lot of gardening. I've just got to pick one more lot of peas. Um, the carrots are ready to pick. My Japanese parsnip that I don't know what to do with is ready. The parsnip are kind of ready. Most of the tatties are ready. We've picked up half the tatties. Um, what else is there? Well, we've picked all the strawberries and I made strawberry jam with mum. I've picked most of the plums and I've put them in the freezer. I'm going to make some plum sauce and some plum wine. Because we're on TikTok and I was like, what can I do with some plums? Because I made plum jam a few years ago. And then I'll be going to give it away. And I seem to have leftover plum jam forever. So some people are like, oh, I don't like plum jam. It's like weirdos. I ended up using it on dinners for, to go, it goes nice with um, pork. Like pork chops. But, um, and like some Asian meals as well. However... Uh, I thought, well, I don't really want to have too much left over. And also, I don't have enough jars because I used it all up in the strawberries. So, I was just right. I'm going to stick in the freezer. And then I saw this thing on TikTok. And it's plum wine. And it's Japanese. And I've seen this. Well, Asian people do it. I've seen this on the Korean dramas. And it's this thing, right? When somebody comes, it's quite important, to comes to the house to visit and... Uh, they have a wee drink and they get to know each other and they're like get the plum wine out and if you get the plum wine out you're in I think that's what it seems to me like the mum and dad get the plum wine out and they have, they're absolutely wrecked by the time they've had this plum wine so I'm like I know about this awesome right so you get 
I don't know if they're Japanese plums, but they're unripe plums. My plums are all ripe now. But they put them in the bottom of a big jar and then they cover it with Asian rock sugar. And it's, it's basically like big lumps of sugar, kind of like big sugar lumps, but rock sugar. So my niece has gone to the supermarket in Glasgow today and sent me messages and there's pictures and is this okay? And I'm like, yes, perfect. I don't, I've never done it before. So you basically layer your plum and your sugar up and then you leave it for a year and you give it a sugar every now and again. Richard will never be able to leave us for a year, but I will. I'll maybe hide it up here. I think that's what I'll have to do and it'll be awesome. And remind me next year that I've got this plum wine ready. So, um, I mean, jam, we've got the harvesting going on and it takes a bit of time, doesn't it? And motivation. I'm a bit lacking in motivation, I think. As ever, always lacking in motivation. I've been running, been enjoying that. Um, and I was at the Helmsdale Highland Games this week, seeing my family and it was a really lovely hot day. Uh, Richard did the hill race. And yeah, he's suffering for it now, but you know, he's using every single last bit of that knee up that he has left. And paying for it too because it's painful, but yeah. So um today no, yesterday I did a bit of sewing. Like I said, I did some mending, I've done some more lavender sashes, and then I'm gonna tell you on script. I did make a dress earlier this year. I told you all about this dress earlier this year. I can't remember the pattern name because it's probably M23C0, I think like C3PO kind of names, rubbish names. It was a bodice and a full skirt and the bodice was lined, but it had a square neck. Now, you'll remember it because it had seagull fabric and I put the seagull fabric on the bodice and then I had a contrast orange to the skirt and it was quite a flared because you had to gather it and I put pockets in it. Loved the skirt. Tried it on. I was so excited about it. I had a big zip at the back and I looked in the mirror and I went, oh no. <laughs> and it's it's got quite a high, um, not bust line, but you know how empire dresses have the skirt that starts underneath the bust? Well, the neckline's square, the skirt starts underneath the bust and I look like a toddler or a wee lassie wearing a dress. So I'm like, I'm not wearing that, even though it's got seagulls on the the bodice, which I really like. So mum said, well, why don't you just wear it around the house? I was like, all right, because I have another dress that I just wear around the house and very, very occasionally elsewhere because I don't think the colour suits me that I made myself. And... That's the problem I find when you're making stuff that you kind of try on. You don't know it doesn't suit you until you have made it. Which is another reason why I remake or would like to remake things that I know suit me. Because they know they suit me. And I have the pattern I can then rattle out a few more. So mum and I talked about it. And she says, why don't you just wear it around the house? So I did. And I wore it in the nice sunny day. There's a picture of me wearing a bluish top. Sunbathing, sitting in, enjoying myself, me and Daisy, at the start of the summer on Instagram. And that was the seagull dress that you have never seen the full dress in me. I don't think you will. I cannot bring myself to put this on Instagram. 
Not that it's, I like, I'm an Instagram perfect person. I don't do making memories because my parents don't give me permission to put their faces on Instagram very often. And a lot of the time my hair's not done and I'm not that kind of person. I kind of try and keep this real. So I'm on the app, be real. <laughs> Only with me, me, Daisy and Sandy because sometimes I'm in bed and there's no way that you're getting to see that. Um, I've basically put it on because it, it, Sandy was talking about it and Daisy put it on and I just wanted to make sure that um, I know what she's doing so I downloaded the app and then it's just funny so um, right and it, the, on Saturday Be Real alarm went off just as the pipe band was coming into the showground so it was, it was pretty cool that was my picture on Saturday however um, and you see it's Be real you've got two minutes to take a photograph and you kind of just go oh instagram look it's amazing and it's really not it's it's just like my hair sticking up i've got picture of half the car part because half the pipe band are not in yet <laughs> be real it's always been real so back to this dress so i love the skirt I have it's got pockets and everything and between me and mum i can't remember who suggested it I thought, take the bodice off, flip over the uh, waistband part and either put a zip in it. And so I unpicked it. Felt a bit bad about it, but then I thought, well, I'd rather get some wear out of it. And it turns out I put a bit of elastic in it. A little bit tight getting over the hips, Louise. But that's just because maybe the, tight, um, the elastic I put in with me was not long enough. However... Took me a little while to do it, but I was quite chuffed because I did it all by myself. Because I know I did it all by myself because mum's away to Glasgow to see my niece at her graduation. And also I managed to twist the elastic and I had to take it out and restore. <laughs> it was do not twist the elastic. You've not twisted this elastic, Louise. This is perfect. Sewed it and I had done a square with a X in the middle of the square and then I realised I'd twisted the elastic and had to take it out and then untwisted the elastic and now it's still tight to get over the hips but I didn't want to do it too loose because it still has to get set on the waist but I've got pockets so pockets overrides everything and maybe I should just stop eating a little bit so I've got some teak cream tops that I think will flatter it better. I'm really sad about the seagull fabric, but I'll maybe use that for something else. Now, I was listening to Radio 4 the other day when I was coming home from work one day, and they were talking about fashion and uh, wages for people all around the world, specifically Bangladesh, where the sweatshops seem to be. And also just now because prices in the UK are skyrocket and everywhere inflation's going through the roof, people have a lot less money to spend on everything, but you still have to wear, you still have to clothe your children and every six months they grow. So it's difficult. And there was a debate about fast fashion and also buying cheap clothes and stuff. So... There was a lot of interesting thoughts and somebody said that you should maybe take out the suggestion, like the wording and change the wording to if you buy this, keep wearing it for as long as you possibly can. 
mend it if you can and then like they used to do in the olden days then recycle fabric into something else so it makes it more sustainable um, because if you recycle some plastic bottles into your garment they suggested that once you stop wearing that garment it doesn't it, the technology there now is not to be able to recycle that plastic back on again whereas if bottles are recycled into bottles they can be recycled into bottles at least i'm going to say four times before they're untenable but you can recycle a bottle plastic more in a bottle state than you can in a um, top that has sort of it's using elastic in it like a lycra type of thing so it was quite thought-provoking and interesting and I looked at my own wardrobe and I thought well I don't wear I don't buy an awful lot of fast fashion and part of that is because I don't well I've basically got Tesco's and M and Co near me I don't live near shops so I'm not there all the time and I'm not getting anybody that does buy a lot of different clothes because that's your own thoughts and stuff but my thoughts on it was well I'm I'm not too bad I mean I do have stuff that doesn't get recycled and can't get recycled but I like to think about where it comes from and I think that if it us the pure wool undyed straight off the sheep you don't get much better than that um especially if it just comes from the field next to you there is people that can do that um that got no fashion miles in it and i think with costs going up for less um money that everybody has to go around and also climate change for less mileage um it's a good thought to have like have this debate about there was no answer actually um, it's just something that maybe you had never thought about you might want to consider so if you've got it was just because i felt like i was wasting that seagull fabric because i had bought this beautiful fabric and i'm not actually going to wear it but that's not to say that i can't reuse the fabric into i don't know pencil case or a little bag for a project bag or a lavender pouches or a little tub fabric tub for school or the desk or something so that thought was in the back of my head right finally i'll talk about a couple of books and then i'll let you go i'm halfway through reading the seed keeper by diane wilson this was sent to me by the lovely susan dolph who is the most awesomest of persons and her last episode of her podcast knit a journey Honest to goodness, I wish I had read it, uh, listened to it um, before. But although this is one of these things, you're like, ah, oh, oh, and now I've got this knowledge in my head of things that she said in it. I just think it. I would just want you all to have this knowledge of what she said in it. It's really good. Um, I think it's two thousand and eight that the episode name is. However, um. All what Susan says is really good and interesting and worth listening to. She's a very wise person. And this book is really good. It is about a Native American story. And it's based around um, 
Well, where is Susan based again? Um, Duluth, Minnesota. So it's around that area there all the author is based in. And it's took me a little bit to get into, but then I got really, really hooked. And then I've put it down and I know that when I pick it up, that's me, I'm going to be in it until I've finished it. So I reckon it's like a three-sitter book. So beware, because you'll pull yourself in. It's, I think it'll be really good. I don't think it's on Audible, but I'm pretty sure you can buy it on your other bookshops um, online. Um, I won't men mention the great big one that is like the river, because if you can get it from a less massive shoggy, then go for it. Um, even from the author herself. I did reread We Free Men by Terry Pratchett because I saw it on the shelf at school one day when I was in and I thought, I love that book. I'm going to read that again, so I did. <laughs> I just love that book. Um, I'm still very slowly plodding through Ivanhoe by Walter Scott. Richard then turns and says, I read that at school. And I'm like, really? Did you? And he went, well, maybe it was the Ladybird version, but... <laughs> Because I'm reading it like two pages, forced two pages a night, um, slowly. And I'm I'm too tired to get into it properly. Now, Sandy got his exam results and he did really well in some, not so great in others. Um, he's doing, he's got his timetable reset after his results. But he's doing higher English and higher engineering science. Both are quite excited about, well, I don't know if he's very excited about English, but... He knows he's pretty good at it, and I think he's even better than me at English, and I'm reasonable at English. And I've got an instinct about English when, um, it's like tuning a guitar, I can hear it's out of tune, but I can't actually tune it. So when English, somebody reads me a bit of prose, and I'm like, yes, I've got the instinct about that, I can say maybe to like a, a B grade, but they know what they're looking for is an A grade. I don't quite have that, but I think Sandy, with a little bit of extra assistance, maybe does. He's got this just grasp of it. And I like to think that I was part of that because I've read him books since he was little. And he's got a good imagination, so um, I'm quite enthused about higher English. So he did a good grade in his National Fives. And then, then I was like, so what's your books? What's your books? What's your set text? Sunset Song by Lewis Grassic Gibbon or Gibbon Grassic Gibbon Grassic Gibbon. That's his not a real name, it's his pen name. And if you've ever done this, then it's a Scottish book. It's based on a lady who grew up before the First World War and then after the First World War in rural Aberdeenshire. And yeah. This is Nicola Sturgeon's favourite book. Some people think it's amazing, but I read this when I was pregnant with Daisy and at the time I was on a drip in a hospital. And if I hadn't been on a drip in a hospital and I had something better to do, I wouldn't have finished it. I really had to force myself to read this and it's a set text. And they all went, why can't we read Trainspot and it's Scottish? <laughs> and I went, don't know, son, I don't know. So we're looking, if you are... If you love this book, please tell me why you love this, because I have to sell this to a 16-year-old boy. He's good at English. We know that the main theme is about change. Um, and I know that the BBC Bite Size is probably where we'll go to. 
I've downloaded it on Kindle for 50p <laughs> and I'm going to reread it to see if I can get enthused about it to help him. Maybe he will surprise me and tell me that what it's all about and that I know better. He does have a really good English teacher, which absolutely helps. Um, in fact, he had a quite a good English teacher last year. Um, and, well, I know this English teacher through running. I know another English teacher through running who I run with. The other one's faster than me. And hopefully in the next few months I'll be running with her and I'll be like, Right! <laughs> Tell me about sunset. So, <laughs> so um, we'll get a, a go on that. And Hamlet, he's doing Hamlet. I've not done Hamlet, but it's really just the Lion King, isn't it? And also, uh, the poetry is by, well, I can see his name. Mm. McCall. It's McCall Poetry. I did these at school. He actually came to my school when we did English Hire and I don't remember doing this one it's Brooklyn Cop that the first poem is so they have to do set texts and these are them so we shall look to see what the exam board is wanting to know because I've already got the Hire English past papers printed out and his dad is in charge of the Hire Engineering <laughs> the math tutor is in charge of the maths and he's on his own for PE, but I think a little bit of help with everything and anything. He'll be like, shut up, mum, shut up. So if you did well in your hires, congratulations, or your Nat 5s, or your GCSEs, or your A-levels, congratulations. If you didn't, it's not the end of the world, my friend. Um, but it's pretty hard going when you're seeing everybody around you going the A's. Do you know what? You're just as awesome and your path might not just have as many options as them but it doesn't matter in the end of the day because you are still awesome and you're listening to me so therefore you're extra awesome um and on that note i shall leave you with a little bit of relaxing music and then i think i'm going for a run or i'm going to make tea one or the other so keep on crafting listeners um hopefully i'll have a lot more knitting to talk to you about next episode I uh, don't know where it'll be, but whatever it is, keep on crafting and hold your knitting close, as lovely Paula would see. I was only going to talk for 20 minutes.